chapter fifteen of cleopatra by georg ebers translated by mary j safford this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter fifteen charmian went towards her own apartments how often she had had a similar experience in the midst of the warmest admiration for this rare woman's depth of feeling masculine strength of intellect tireless industry watchful care for her native land steadfast loyalty and maternal devotion she had been sobered in the most pitiable way she had been forced to see cleopatra for the sake of realizing a childish dream and impressing her lover squander vast sums which diminish the prosperity of her subjects place great and important matters below the vain punctilious care of her own person forget in petty jealousy the justice and kindness which were marked traits in her character and though the most kindly and womanly of sovereigns suffer herself to be urged by angry excitement to inflict outrage on a subject whose acts had awakened her displeasure the lofty ambition which had inspired her noblest and most praiseworthy deeds had more than once been the source of acts which she herself regretted when a child she could not endure to be surpassed in difficult tasks and still deemed it a necessity to be first and peerless hence the unfortunate circumstance that antony had given barine the counterpart of an armlet which she herself wore as a gift from her lover was perhaps the principal cause of her bitter resentment against the hapless woman charmian had seen cleopatra forgive freely and generously many a wrong nay many an affront inflicted upon her but to see herself placed by her husband on the same plane as a barine even in the most trivial matter might easily seem to her an unbearable insult and the mishap which had befallen caesarion in consequence of his foolish passion for the young beauty gave her a right to punish her rival deeply anxious concerning the fate of the woman in her care greatly agitated moreover and exhausted physically and mentally charmian sought her own apartments here she hoped to find solace in barine's cheerful and equable nature here the helpful hands of her dark-skinned maid and confidant awaited her the sun was low in the western horizon when she entered the ante-room the members of the bodyguard who were on duty told her that nothing unusual had occurred and with a sigh of relief she passed into the sitting-room but the ethiopian who usually came to meet her with words of welcome took her veil and wraps and removed her shoes was absent to-day no one greeted her not until she entered the second room which she had assigned to her guest did she find barine who was weeping bitterly during charmian's absence the latter had received a letter from alexis in which he informed her that he was ordered by the queen to subject her to an examination the next morning her cause looked dark but if she did not render his duty harder by the harshness which had formerly caused him much pain he would do his utmost to protect her from imprisonment forced labour in the mines or even worse misfortunes the imprudent game which she had played with king caesarion 
had it unfortunately roused the people against her the depth of their indignation was shown by the fury with which they had assailed the house of her grandfather didymus nothing could save dion who had audaciously attacked the illustrious son of their beloved queen from the rage of the populace he alexis knew that in this dion she would lose a friend and protector but he would be disposed to take his place if her conduct did not render it impossible for him to unite mercy with justice this shameful letter which promised marine clemency in return for her favour without unmasking him in his character of judge explained to charmian the agitation in which she found her friend's daughter it was doubtless a little relief to barine to express her loathing and abhorrence of alexis as eagerly as her gentle nature would permit but fear grief and indignation continued to struggle for the mastery in her oppressed soul it would have been expected that the keen-witted woman would have eagerly inquired what charmian had accomplished with the queen and archibius and what new events had happened to affect cleopatra the state and the city but she questioned her with far deeper interest concerning the welfare of her lover desiring information in regard to many things of which her friend could give no tidings in her brief visit to dion's couch she had not learned how he bore his own misfortunes and marines what view he took of the future or what he expected from the woman he loved charmian's ignorance and silence in regard to these very matters increased the anxiety of the endangered woman who saw not only her own life but those dearest to her seriously threatened so she entreated her hostess to relieve her from the uncertainty which was harder to endure than the most terrible reality but the latter either could not or would not give her any further details of cleopatra's intentions or the fate and present abode of her grandparents and helena this increased her anxiety for if alexis's information was correct her family must be homeless when charmian at last admitted that she had seen dion only a few minutes the tortured barine's power of quiet endurance gave way she whose nature was so hopeful that when the glow of the sunset faded she already anticipated with delight the rosy dawn of the next day now beheld in cleopatra's hand the reed which was to sign the death sentence of dion and herself her mental vision conjured up her relatives wounded by the falling house or bleeding under the stones hurled by the raging populace she heard alexis command the executioner to subject her to the rack and fancied that anukis had not returned because she had failed to find dion the queen's soldiers had probably carried him to prison loaded with chains if philostratus had not already instigated the mob to drag him through the streets with feverish impetuosity which alarmed charmian the more because it was so unlike her old friend's daughter barine described all the spectres with which her imagination agitated by terror longing love and loathing terrified her 
but the former exerted all the power of eloquence she possessed by turns reproving her and loading her with caresses in order to soothe her and rouse her from her despair but nothing availed at last she succeeded in persuading the unhappy woman to go with her to the window which afforded a most beautiful view westward beyond the heptastadium the sun was sinking below the forests of masts in the harbour of the eunostus and charmian who had learned from her intercourse with the royal children how to soothe a troubled young heart to divert barine's thoughts directed her attention to the crimson glow in the western sky and told her how her father the artist had showed her the superb brilliancy which colours gained at this hour of the day even when the west was less radiant than now but barine who usually could never gaze at her fill at such a spectacle did not thank her for this sunset reminded her of another which she had lately watched at dion's side and she again broke into convulsive sobs charmian not knowing what to do passed her arm around her just at that moment the door was hurriedly thrown open and anukis the nubian entered her mistress knew that something unusual must have happened to detain her so long from her post at barine's side and her appearance showed that she had been attending to important matters which had severely taxed her strength her shining dark skin looked ashen grey her high forehead surrounded by tangled woolly locks was dripping with perspiration and her thick lips were pale although she must have undergone great fatigue she did not seem in need of rest for after greeting the ladies apologizing for her long absence and telling barine that this time dion had seemed to her half on the way to recovery a rapid side glance at her mistress conveyed an entreaty that she would follow her into the next room but the language of the nubian's eyes had not escaped the suspicious watchfulness of the anxious barine and overwhelmed with fresh terror she begged that she might hear all charmian ordered her maid to speak openly but anukis ere she began assured them that she had received the news she brought from a most trustworthy source only it would make a heavy demand upon the resolution and courage of barine whom she had hoped to find in a very different mood there was no time to lose she was expected at the appointed place an hour after sunset here charmian interrupted the maid with the exclamation impossible and reminded her of the guards which alexis aided by iris who was thoroughly familiar with the palace had stationed the day before in the ante-room at all the doors nay even beneath the windows the nubian replied that everything had been considered but to gain time she must beg barine to let her colour her skin and curl her hair while she was talking the surprise visible in the young beauty's face caused her to exclaim only act with entire confidence you shall learn everything directly there is so much to tell on the way here i had planned how to relate the whole story in regular order but it can't be done now no no whoever wants to save a flock of sheep from a burning shed must lead out the bell weather first the main thing i mean so i will begin with that though it really comes last the explanation of how all this here like a cry of joy barine's exclamation interrupted her i am to fly and dion knows it and will follow me i see it in your face 
in fact every feature of the dusky maid-servant's ugly face betrayed that pleasant thoughts were agitating her mind her black eyes flashed with fearless daring and a smile beautified her big mouth and thick lips as she replied a loving heart like yours understands the art of prophecy better than the chief priest of the great serapis yes my young mistress he of whom you speak must disappear from this wicked city where so much evil threatens you both he will certainly escape and if the immortals aid us and we are wise and brave you also whence the help comes can be told later now the first thing is to transform you don't be reluctant into the ugliest woman in the world black anukis you must escape from the palace in this disguise now you know the whole plan and while i get what is necessary from my chest of clothes i beg you mistress to consider how we are to obtain the black stains for that ivory skin and golden hair with these words she left the room but barine flung herself into her friend's arms exclaiming amid tears and laughter though i should be forced to remain forever as black and crooked as faithful isopian if he did not withdraw his love though i were obliged to go through fire and water i would o oh, charmian what changes so quickly as joy and sorrow i would fain show some kindness to every one in the world even to your queen who has brought all these troubles upon me the new-born hope had transformed the despairing woman into a happy one and charmian perceived it with grateful joy secretly wishing that cleopatra had listened to her appeal while examining the hair dyes used by the queen she saw lurking in the background of what was still unexplained and therefore confused her mind fresh and serious perils barine on the contrary gazed across them to the anticipated meeting with her lover and was full of the gayest expectation until the maid-servant's return the work of disfigurement began without delay anukis moved her lips as busily as her hands and described in regular order all that had befallen her during the eventful day barine listened with rising excitement and her joy increased as she beheld the path which had been smoothed for her by the care and wisdom of her friends charmian on the contrary became graver and more quiet the more distinctly she perceived the danger her favourite must encounter yet she could not help admitting that it would be a sin against barine's safety perhaps her very life to withhold her from this well-considered plan of escape that it must be tried was certain but as the moment which was to endanger the woman she loved drew nearer and she could not help saying to herself that she was aiding an enterprise in opposition to the express command of the queen and helping to execute a plan which threatened to rouse the indignation perhaps the fury of cleopatra a feeling of sorrow overpowered her she feared nothing for herself not for a single instant did she think of the unpleasant consequences which barine's escape might draw upon her the burden on her soul was due only to the consciousness of having for the first time opposed the will of the sovereign to fulfil whose desires and to promote whose aims had been the beloved duty of her life doubtless the thought crossed her mind that by aiding barine's escape she was guarding cleopatra from future repentance probably she felt sure that it was her duty to help rescue this beautiful young life whose bloom had been so cruelly assailed by tempest and hoar-frost and which now had a prospect of the purest happiness yet though in itself commendable the deed brought her into sharp conflict with the loftiest aims and aspirations of her life 
and how much nearer than the other was the woman she shrank from the word whom she was about to betray how much greater was cleopatra's claim to her love and gratitude could she have any other emotion than thankfulness if the plan of escape succeeded yet she was reluctant to perform the task of making barine's beautiful symmetrical figure resemble the hunchbacked nubians or to dip her fingers into the pomade intended for cleopatra and it grieved her to mar the beauty of barine's luxuriant tresses by cutting off part of her thick fair braids true these things could not be avoided if the flight was to succeed and the further anukis advanced in her story the fewer became her mistress's objections to the plan the conversation between iris and alexis which had been overheard by the maid already made it appear necessary to withdraw barine and her lover from the power of such foes the faithful man whom anukis had found with dion whose name she did not mention and of whose home she said only that no safer hiding-place could be found even by the mole which burrowed in the earth really seemed to have been sent with gorgias to dion's couch by fate itself the control of the subterranean chambers in the temple of isis which had been bestowed on the architect also appeared like a miracle upon a small tablet which the wise isopian had intentionally delayed handing to her mistress until now were the lines archibius greets his sister charmian if i know your heart it will be as hard for you as for me to share this plot yet it must be done for the sake of her father to save the life and happiness of his child so it must fall to your lot to bring barine to the temple of isis at the corner of the muses she will find her lover there and if possible be wedded to him as the sanctuary is so near you need leave the palace only a short time do not tell barine what we have planned the disappointment would be too great if it should prove impracticable this letter and the arrangement it proposed transformed the serious scruples which shadowed charmian's goodwill into a joyous nay enthusiastic desire to render assistance barine's marriage to the man who possessed her heart was close at hand and she was the daughter of leonax who had once been dear to her fear and doubt vanished as if scattered to the four winds and when isopian's work of transformation was completed and barine stood before her as the high-shouldered dark-visaged wrinkled maid she could not help admitting that it would be easy to escape from the palace in that disguise she now told barine that she intended to accompany her herself and though the former's stained face forced her to refrain from kissing her friend she plainly expressed to her and the faithful freedwoman the overflowing gratitude which filled her heart anukis was left alone after carefully removing all the traces of her occupation as habit dictated she raised her arms in prayer beseeching the gods of her native land to protect the beautiful woman to whom she had loaned her own misshapen form which had now been of genuine service and who had gone forth to meet so many dangers but also a happiness whose very hope had been denied to her charmian had told her maid that if the queen should inquire for her before iris returned from the coma to say that she had been obliged to leave the palace and to supply her place during their absence when charmian had been attacked by sickness cleopatra had often entrusted the care of her toilet to isopian and had praised her skill 
the queen's confidential attendant was followed as usual when she went out by a dark-skinned maid lanterns and lamps had already been lighted in the corridors of the spacious palace and the courtyards were ablaze with torches and pitch-pans but brilliantly as they burned in many places and numerous as were the guards officers eunuchs clerks soldiers cooks attendants slaves doorkeepers and messengers whom they passed not one gave them more than a careless glance so they reached the last courtyard and then came a moment when the hearts of both women seemed to stop beating for the man whom they had most cause to dread alexis the syrian approached and he did not pass the fugitives but stopped charmian and courteously even obsequiously informed her that he wished to get rid of the troublesome affair of her favourite which had been assigned to him against his will and therefore had determined to bring barine to trial early the following morning the syrian's body-servant attended his master and while the former was talking with charmian the latter turned to the supposed nubian tapped her lightly on the shoulder and whispered come this evening as you did yesterday you haven't finished the story of prince set now the fugitive felt as if she had grown dumb and could never more regain the power of speech yet she managed to nod and directly after the favourite bowed a farewell to charmian the ligurian was obliged to follow his master while charmian and barine passed through the gateway between the last pylons into the open air here the sea-breeze seemed to waft her a joyous greeting from the realm of liberty and happiness and the timid woman amid all the perils which surrounded her regained sufficient presence of mind to tell her friend what alexis's slave had whispered that isopion might remind him of it the same evening and thus strengthen his belief that the nubian had accompanied the queen's confidant the way to the temple of isis was short the stars showed that they would reach their destination in time but a second delay unexpectedly occurred from the steps leading to the cella of the sanctuary a procession whose length seemed endless came towards them at the head of the train marched eight pastophori bearing the image of isis then came the basket-bearers of the goddess with several other priestesses followed by the reader with an open book-roll behind him appeared the quaternary number of prophets whose head the chief priest moved with stately dignity beneath a canopy the rest of the priestly train bore in their hands manuscripts sacred vessels standards and wreaths the priestesses some of whom with garlands on their flowing hair were already shaking the sistrum of isis mingled with the line of priests their high voices blending with the deep notes of the men neocori or temple servants and a large number of worshippers of isis closed the procession all wearing wreaths and carrying flowers torch and lantern-bearers lighted the way and the perfume of the incense rising from the little pan of charcoal in the hand of a bronze arm which the pastophori waved to and fro surrounded and floated after the procession the two women waiting for the train to pass saw it turn towards lochias and the conversation of the bystanders informed them that its object was to convey to the new isis the queen the greeting of the goddess and assure the sovereign of the divinity's remembrance of her in the hour of peril 
cleopatra could not help accepting this friendly homage and it was incumbent upon her to receive it wearing on her head the crown of upper and lower egypt and robed in all the ecclesiastical vestments which only her two most trusted attendants knew how to put on with the attention to details that custom required this had never been entrusted to maids of inferior position like the nubian so cleopatra would miss charmian the thought filled her with fresh uneasiness and when the steps were at last free she asked herself anxiously how all this would end it seemed as if the fugitive and her companion had exposed themselves to this great peril in vain for some of the temple servants were forcing back those who wished to enter the sanctuary shouting that it would be closed until the return of the procession barine gazed timidly into charmian's face but ere she could express her opinion the tall figure of a man appeared on the temple steps it was archibius who with grave composure bade them follow him and silently led them around the sanctuary to a side door through which a short time before a litter had passed accompanied by several attendants ascending a flight of steps within the long building they reached the dimly lighted cella as in the temple of osiris at abydus seven quarters here three led to the same number of apartments the holy place of the sanctuary the central one was dedicated to isis that on the left to her husband osiris and that on the right to horus the son of the great goddess before it scarcely visible in the dim light stood the altars loaded with sacrifices by archibius beside that of horus was the litter which had been borne into the temple before the arrival of the women from it supported by two friends descended a slender young man a hollow sound echoed through the pillared hall the iron door at the main entrance of the temple had been closed the shrill rattle that followed proceeded from the metal bolts which an old servant of the sanctuary had shot into the sockets barine started but neither inquired the cause of the noise nor perceived the wealth of objects here presented to the senses for the man who leaning on another's arm approached the altar was dion the lover who had perilled his life for her sake her eyes rested intently on his figure her whole heart yearned towards him and unable to control herself she called his name aloud charmian gazed anxiously around the group but soon uttered a sigh of relief for the tall man whose arm supported dion was gorgias the worthy architect his best friend and the other still taller and stronger her own brother archibius yonder figure emerging from the disguise of wraps was berenike barine's mother all trustworthy confidants the only person whom she did not know was the handsome young man standing at her brother's side barine whose arm she still held had struggled to escape to rush to her mother and lover but archibius had approached and in a whisper warned her to be patient and to refrain from any greeting or question supposing he added that you are willing to be married at this altar to dion the son of eumenes charmian felt barine's arm tremble in hers at this suggestion but the young beauty obeyed her friend's directions she did not know what had befallen her or whether in the excess of happiness which overwhelmed her to shout aloud in her exultant joy or melt into silent tears of gratitude and emotion 
no one spoke archibius took a roll of manuscript from dion's hand presented himself before the assembled company as the bride's curios or guardian and asked barine whether she so recognized him then he returned to dion the marriage contract whose contents he knew and approved and informed those present that in the marriage about to be solemnized they must consider him the paranymphos or best man and berenike as the bridesmaid and they instantly lighted a torch at the fires burning on one of the altars archibius as curios joined the lover's hands in the egyptian barine's mother as bridesmaid in the greek manner and dion gave his bride a plain iron ring it was the same one which his father had bestowed at his own wedding and he whispered my mother valued it now it is your turn to honour the ancient treasure after stating that the necessary sacrifices had been offered to isis and serapis zeus hera and artemis and that the marriage between dion son of eumenes and barine daughter of leonax was concluded archibius shook hands with both haste seemed necessary for he permitted berenike and his sister only time for a brief embrace and gorgias to clasp her hand in dion's then he beckoned and the newly made bride's mother followed him in tears charming and bewildered and almost stupefied she did not fully realize the meaning of the event she had just witnessed until an old neocori had guided her and the others into the open air barine felt as if every moment might rouse her from a blissful dream and yet she gladly told herself that she was awake for the man walking before her leaning on the arm of a friend was dion true she saw even in the faint light of the dim temple corridor that he was suffering walking appeared to be so difficult that she rejoiced when yielding to gorgias's entreaties he entered the litter but where were the bearers she was soon to learn for even while she looked for them the architect and the youth in whom she had long since recognized philotus her grandfather's assistant seized the poles follow us said gorgias under his breath and she obeyed keeping close behind the litter which was borne first down a broad and then a narrow staircase and finally along a passage here a door stopped the fugitives but the architect opened it and helped his friend out of the litter which before proceeding farther he placed in a room filled with various articles discovered during his investigation of the subterranean temple chambers hitherto not a word had been spoken now gorgias called to barine this passage is low you must stoop cover your head and don't be afraid if you meet bats they have long been undisturbed we might have taken you from the temple to the sea and waited there but it would probably have attracted attention and been dangerous courage young wife of dion the corridor is long and walking through it is difficult but compared with the road to the mines it is as smooth and easy as the street of the king if you think of your destination the bats will seem like the swallows which announce the approach of spring barine nodded gratefully to him but she kissed the hand of dion who was moving forward painfully leaning on the arm of his friend the light of the torch carried by gorgias's faithful foreman who led the way had fallen on her blackened arm and when the little party advanced she kept behind the others she thought it might be unpleasant for her lover to see her thus disfigured and spared him though she would gladly have remained nearer as soon as the passage grew lower the wounded man's friends took him in their arms and their task was a hard one for they were not only obliged to move onward bending low under the heavy burden but also to beat off the bats which frightened by the foreman's torch flew up in hosts 
barine's hair was covered it is true but at any other time the hideous creatures which often brushed against her head and arms would have filled her with horror and loathing now she scarcely heeded them her eyes were fixed on the recumbent figure in the bearer's arms the man to whom she belonged body and soul and whose patient suffering pierced her inmost heart his head rested on the breast of gorgias who walked directly in front of her the architect's stooping posture concealed his face but his feet were visible and whenever they twitched she fancied he was in pain then she longed to press forward to his side wipe the perspiration from his brow in the hot low corridor and whisper words of love and encouragement this she was sometimes permitted to do when the friends put down their heavy burden true they allowed themselves only brief intervals of rest but they were long enough to show her how the sufferer's strength was failing when they at last reached their destination philotas was forced to exert all his strength to support the exhausted man while gorgias cautiously opened the door it led to a flight of sea-washed steps close to the garden of didymus which as a child she had often used with her brother to float a little boat upon the water the architect opened the door only a short distance he was expected for barine soon heard him whisper and suddenly the door was flung wide a tall man raised dion and bore him into the open air while she was still gazing after him a second figure of equal size approached her and hastily begging her permission lifted her in his arms like a child and as she inhaled the cool night air and felt the water through which her bearer waded splash up and wet her feet her eyes sought her new-made husband but in vain the night was very dark and the lights on the shore did not reach this spot so far below the walls of the quay barine was frightened but a few minutes after the outlines of a large fishing-boat loomed through the darkness dimly illumined by the harbour lights and the next instant the giant who carried her placed her on the deck and a deep voice whispered all's well i'll bring some wine at once then barine saw her husband lying motionless on a couch which had been prepared for him in the prow of the boat bending over him she perceived that he had fainted and while rubbing his forehead with the wine raising his head on her lap cheering him and afterwards by the light of a small lantern carefully renewing the bandage on his shoulder she did not notice that the vessel was moving through the water until the boatman set the triangular sail she had not been told where the boat was bearing her and she did not ask any spot that she could share with dion was welcome the more lonely the place the more she could be to him how her heart swelled with gratitude and love when she bent over him kissed his forehead and felt how feverishly it burned she thought i will nurse you back to health and raised her eyes and soul to her favourite god to whom she owed the gift of song and who understood everything beautiful and pure to thank phoebus apollo and beseech him to pour his rays the next morning on a convalescent man while she was still engaged in prayer the boat touched the shore again strong arms bore her and dion to the land and when her foot touched the solid earth her rescuer the freedman pyrrhus broke the silence saying welcome wife of dion to our island true you must be satisfied to take us as we are but if you are as content with us as we are glad to serve you and your lord who is ours also the hour of leave-taking will be far distant then leading the way to the house he showed her as her future apartments two large whitewashed rooms whose sole ornament was their exquisite neatness on the threshold stood pyrrhus's grey-haired wife a young woman 
and a girl scarcely beyond childhood but the older one modestly welcomed barine and also begged her to accept their hospitality recovery was rapid in the pure air of the serpent isle she herself and she pointed to the others her oldest son's wife and her own daughter dione would be ready to render her any service End of chapter fifteen